This is the Sit Down with Olwe Tule Shabani, a podcast for women everywhere who are exploring the art of superwoman. Welcome to another episode of our parenting series called The Growing Parent, a platform where we navigate being parents of preschoolers. Today's episode is going to be a bit different, but still just as interesting. I want us to discuss the intersections between culture and diet. For most people, food is cultural and may not necessarily be nutritional, or is it? A plant or an animal that's suitable to eat in one society may not be suitable for another. But let's explore this today because one of the most important things to remember in connection with cultural factors involved in food habits is that many combinations of food could result in nutritional results too. So to help me dig deeper into this conversation is Keke Mputi and Lindiwe Wati. I am Olwe Tule Shabane. Welcome to The Growing Parent and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Keke, and thank you, Lindiwe, for joining us today. I appreciate you guys being here. My pleasure. It's a my pleasure. pleasure. My pleasure. So I'll start with you, Lindiwe, um, because you're our expert here today. So in the South African context, how would you say we define culture? Um, you know, culture, uh, regardless of where you are, is really about what people believe in, what informs their decisions, and at the end, their behaviors. Mm-hmm. And um, the similarities in the way that they do things then becomes defined as that group's culture or that community's culture. Mm-hmm. So um, whatever, wherever the similarities between a group of people, that is their culture. And when we talk food and culture and we talk nutrition and culture, mm-hmm. within our South African context, do these things tend to clash? Well, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. So let's give an example of multi-generational families. You know, those families where there is a baby, there is the parents, there is sometimes the sister of the wife or the mom, there is the mother, and then there's the grandmother. Mm. Um, Under those circumstances, what you're going to find is that it is literally a village raising a child. And uh, decisions around what a child eats will not just be determined by the one parent or the Mm. two parents. Mm. It will be the grandmother's influence. Mm -hmm. And also it will inform actually what they even buy. So uh, who has the power to buy actually determines what happens in that household. Mm. So, yes, in, in that respect, there may be a clash when for the primary caregiver, their thoughts and their beliefs and their actions go against what other people in the household believe in. Mm-hmm. Mm. However, sometimes they are not clashing because, you know, um, certain things like um, having that extra community for support, it can only be positive mm. if, if it's done in the right way. So when we have to talk about culture and nutrition, we have to look at what's working. Yeah. And what is not working and, and change that within all, w- throughout all those generations. Absolutely. So I'll come to you, Keke. You know, you and I are very similar in that we have toddlers. Yeah. And we take them to granny's house. Mm-hmm. We will take them to an aunt's house. We then also have nannies, right, in our homes. Mm-hmm. And they have their own way of doing things. So we really grow up in a generation so that there's so many multicultural mm. facets to how we're raising our children. 
Um, and it's hard to dictate what the child is eating when they're at mm. granny's house. Mm. So how do you navigate that? And what does it look like when it comes to the diet in your home? Okay, so in my home, we've got a very balanced diet. However, I do know because my son is literally the only grandchild. Uh. <laughs> so he gets spoiled irregardless mm. and he's got a way with his grandmother like mm. my mom's been waiting to have a grandchild for a lot of years now and <laughs> for one of us as her kids to actually have a child it, it, it did a you know it, it did a shift man like mm. I've seen my mom as my mom's softer side through him mm. for me growing up and knowing the kind of parent my mom was and then seeing her now as a grandmother it's two totally different things <laughs> so as much as I would come into play and be like you know what mom um, I prefer him eating A, B, C, D as opposed to one, two, three, four. Mm. She's got a thing of mixing, e.g., um, oats with maybe like a little bit of wheat mix because her understanding of, you know, the nutrients and nutritional mm. values of those two. And watching him eat it actually when he's with his grandmother as opposed to when he's, he's with me, it's mm. two different parenting styles. And I'm like, you are a different child. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot be my son. You know, they manipulate you. Mm. And I'm able to get away with it with auntie because a parent, um, obviously, like, you know, your nanny goes according to the rules that are engaged in your household. Mm. As opposed to granny feels like, you know what, I've done this so many times. I've got all your brothers and sisters that are here. You are all healthy and alive. There is mm. no way I do not know how to raise a child. <laughs> mm. So when it comes to granny, you know, there's a little push and pull, but... At the end of the day, there's a balance. There really honestly is a balance. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to also having a partner who's completely different yeah. from you, um, who comes from a different culture as well, mm -hmm. what dynamic does that play in, in food in the home? Being married to a baby man, I know, mm -hmm. you know, I knew for sure to, Papa is going to be a staple in this yeah. house. Yeah. Um, and that mm. it's going to be a lot of starch, mm. right, within the meals that we're going to be serving. Um, but it's, it's a constant negotiating to be like, maybe, maybe not every day, <laughs> maybe, maybe not uh, like this particular kind of starch every single day or every week. Let's switch it up. Let's change things around. But how do we have these conversations when, I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> My son's very comfortable with pop every day. I'm not, but hey, you know, it's very interesting because look at the end of the day, we need to embrace our culture. Yeah. Mm. Um, there are no bad foods. There is nothing wrong with pap. There's really? nothing wrong with rice. There's nothing wrong with pasta. There's nothing wrong with amadumbe. There's nothing wrong with samp. There is nothing wrong with is the, the foods that the we quantity? grew up having. Um, it's the quantity. It's how with every food. So mm. number one. Definitely variety, 100% agree with mm. you. We need to make sure that it's not the same thing every single day. Mm. But let's not, for lack of a better word, demonize mm. certain foods. Um, and sometimes it has to do with the association. We think that um, people are a certain way, or maybe even associating with poverty. Um, mm. I know of people who like, I do not want to see cabbage again in my life mm. because I had it every single day. Mm. The cabbage has done nothing wrong. It is <laughs> a good vegetable, mm. easy to plant, easy to grow anyway. The most important thing is don't kill it. It shouldn't become red. Yeah. Just steam it a little bit and you enjoy it. So I think psychologically, we need to embrace the foods that we all grew up eating mm. and, um, and finding space for it and appreciating the nutrition they provide. So just 
just to give an example, you look at something like sorghum. Mm. Uh, we know it as mabela. Mm. Um, there is the coarser, there's the finer one, there's even the whole grain. Mm. They are a starch, but they are um, pro not processed as much as certain things that we may find from the shop shelves. Mm. So we should be able to take that and use it uh, in various ways, you know, as, uh, in pancakes, mm. as an example. Oh, yes, you can. The, 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 the fine um, sorghum can be used to make uh, pancakes. Ah, so, yeah. Girl, yeah. I'm visiting your kitchen. Yes, <laughs> do come. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. let's start by embracing, mm. embracing the, the foods that we grew up eating, regardless yeah. of which culture you are belonging to or mm. come from. It's quite hard introducing new things and new varieties to preschoolers. True. How do you then start introducing new things, variety, and incorporating some of our cultural food into the everyday diet um, and, like, and just experimenting with them? That's the key, experiment. Um, so firstly, you know, the, there's research done um, that with certain age groups, with the younger kids, you may have to show or uh, give a, child, a, a specific food to a child up to 12 times before they actually agree, accept it. True. Okay. So um, num number one is um, let's make it normal. It's not an event. Mm. It is a regular food. Um, number two, um, let's have that food with the child. Mm. Sometimes it is Timmy's mealtime and it's not the family mealtime. Mm -hmm. They get bored. You know, they I am, they've given me this thing. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with it. And no one else is eating it other than yeah. me. Is it mine only? Like what's happening? Mm. So let's sit down and enjoy it with, uh, with the kids. Mm. Um, and um, the other thing about food is that as much as it nourishes, it is so much a part of development. So mm. the textures, um, the, the using your hands, um, in, in, and it's, it's, I embrace it. Other yeah. people are like, no, lend your fucking knife. No, uh, that tactile um, ex uh, experience, mm. it's part of their development. They, 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 they touch squishy food, they touch grains, mm. they, they, they master the pincher grasp mm. by eating those foods. So let it become just more than food that nourishes, but mm. food that teaches you yeah. and it teaches the child as well. Mm. So imagine um, the, the, the taste of something fermented, uh, mm. giving that to a child mm. and having them have that and enjoy it yes. and you enjoy it with them. Mm. So that's another way of making sure. I think a lot of parents just struggle with the idea of a balance, yeah. you know, and also kind of coaching your caregiver around my child might just want bread today, and yeah. bread and butter, but there needs to be a balance throughout the day of what they're eating. How do you coach your, your caregiver to be able to monitor? To, are, are they getting all the nutrition throughout um, whilst I'm not here or yeah. when I'm at work? So in my home, we've got a staple that is definitely pap because mm. auntie's from Lesotho and she believes in pap. Mm. He and my entire household does not necessarily like rice. But samp and pap are very very much essentials in my home. However, my son cannot have a meal without the two. So <laughs> even if I'm trying to introduce veggies and a, you know, a portion of meat, he'd want his pap mm. or he'd want his samp or at least a slice of bread, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. So with regards to you saying, you know, like things mm. like those kind of things, like our starches being staples, that is actually very true because no matter how many times I try and trick him, he's not trickable. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. 
<laughs> so, I mean, if you have a situation like this and you do want to introduce a yeah. variety, where do you even start? <laughs> you know what? Um, so, um, children at a particular age, they like going everywhere with their mothers or, uh, or, the, or their the fathers. fathers. Yeah. So, whoever they like going with, they can go involve them in the shopping. I mm. think that's the one thing, the first step, involve them. Secondly, as mentioned, have the, the meals with them. Mm. Um, because if everybody's having the same meal, why should his meal be different? And um, I think another thing is, let's keep in mind, they're still growing. Mm. Children do go through a phase where their favorite blanket cannot leave. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they cannot leave the house without their favorite blanket or pillow or mm. teddy bear. Um, they go through phases. So yeah. be patient with them. So Lindy, as a dietitian, and you have a client like um, Ukeke. Mm-hmm. Her child loves Pap, loves Sam, loves um, his powdered drink. What advice would you give her on the kind of traditional foods to start incorporating into the diet, um, the kind of little things to start putting in so that there's more variety over time? So she mentioned that, for example, her husband is Zwana speaking. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that uh, one would need to find out is between her and her husband, what kind of foods are they familiar with? Because it's good to start with something that people already know. Mm. It's very difficult for him and I to have a balance in terms of what we agree on mm-hmm. when it comes to food in the house. Because he prefers to stick to what is his norm or what is his comfort, yeah. as opposed to me that wants to introduce the child to yeah. other narratives of my Soto culture as like Womoroho, you know. So, you I mean, know, this is great information stuff. because now you know the child could yeah. be a picky eater too and take off the dead. That could be, exactly. <laughs> that could be the issue. But let, let, let's give, for example, uh, at some point, yeah. just like with any situation, you need to negotiate, right? You get to a point where let's try this out. So, for example, it's about, again, moving away from the mind space mm. of what you as a grown adult prefers mm-hmm. and what is good for the child. Yeah. So let's give an example of the sour uh, fermented uh, grains. Mm. Yeah. We, we now know that, um, for example, the gut microbiota mm-hmm. uh, is, is, our, uh, is, our, is our body's immune system. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of our body's immune system. Mm-hmm. And immunity is important for you yeah. as a mom, and it's important for the dad. Mm-hmm. So one thing we can agree on is what is best mm-hmm. for the child. Yeah. And we know that fermented foods are very good in establishing a good gut yes. microbiome. Mm-hmm. Mine loves is fermented yes. Um, doggo. Yes. Yeah. So those kind of things is 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 it's literally how you would bring in certain foods because you will agree on what you need for your child um and what is what you know and also get away from this is what i don't like because it's no longer about you it's about also um generationally Mm. because we really don't want to lose out on these benefits of foods that Mm. um yes that our grandparents have used our great-grandparents have used and even now there's just so much on in in the spotlight around all of these things that we call them ancient grains now it Mm -hmm. sounds very sophisticated (laughs) but it's really what we've grown up eating yeah so i think and the thing with with nutrition is that it's not um 
nutrition counseling is not a once off conversation yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a discussion that you have on a regular basis mm. and this is where we left off the last time mm. this is what we tried this mm. is what worked this is what didn't work you come back a month later how is the, what progress has been made so there's a give and take what have you tried here's some recipes for you mm-hmm. to try that you may not have thought of True. and in that way you are going to slowly bring about uh, those kind of foods into your family There's so many beautiful points that are that have been made in this conversation. Nutritional foundation does start with culture. Mhm. And culture doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be nutrition versus culture. Mm-hmm. Culture and nutrition can work hand in hand. But there's so many other things that we need to pay attention to. It's our behaviors yeah. as well. Behavior. And also what is how are mummy's eating habits? Mhm. How are dad's eating habits in the home? how are we incorporating certain eating mm-hmm. habits and and nutrition into how the caregiver is providing for the child sure. um where the child goes for school holidays it's not that ugogo has a a terrible eating plan at home mm-hmm. or a less nutritious one it's the the variety that we need to then have conversations about mm-hmm. maybe it's the allowing things to be done the way they would they've always been mm-hmm. done sometimes the thing is fine mm-hmm. every day even but let's see how we can incorporate more variety mm-hmm. have i have i summed up what you've said 100% 100% and work with a dietitian oh, right <laughs> work with a <the> dietitian <laughs> yeah. Thank you to my amazing guests for sharing their insights with us today on culture and diet. We really hope that our viewers have found this episode helpful and informative. Now remember to like and subscribe our channel and engage us on social media at Art of Superwoman. I'm always keen to hear what's on your mind, so please take a look at the contact info in the show notes and send through those questions and even topic suggestions so that we can stay connected. Our hashtag is hashtag the growing parent. So also share your comments and views and any tips that you might have pertaining to today's discussion. And if you are listening on the podcast right now, do stay until the end of the podcast where we will share this week's resources, reads, blogs, places to go. You do not want to miss this segment. You've been listening to the sit down with Oluwetu Lishabani, a podcast for women everywhere who are exploring the art of superwoman.